So hopefully by now you heard my first interview with Todd Gordon, uh, who used to be our Celebrate Recovery leader. He talks about his uh, recovery journey and how it led him to want to give back to not only cancer treatment centers, but also uh, drug and alcohol rehab centers like the Oxford Houses of Florida, uh, which led him to start his M2H nonprofit ministry. So in today's part two of that interview, I talked to Todd about his literal 1200 mile ride, bicycle ride around Florida and his encounters on that ride, as well as how he got a little surprised at the finish line and some things that that made him reflect on after. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And we're back. Todd. Yes. Welcome back, man, for part two of the Todd Gordon story. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. Yeah. It's great to be back. Thank yeah. you for having well, me. Well, man, it has been a minute since I've seen you, so it's really yeah. good that we can catch up maybe just on air here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was saying this um, to the rest of the team in an earlier recording. Uh, man, more and more people are, are finding this podcast and they're listening. Um, and, you know, we're not doing a whole lot in way of, of marketing it, but just word of mouth from clients and people who've been tuning in, it's really growing. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I just thank you for being part of it. So thank many you. people, man, I heard from another couple yesterday, brand new to Cross Timbers, that uh, that they tuned in and heard something about a marriage testimony, and now she and her husband are reaching out to get help wow. uh, just because of the transparency of, of the stuff we were talking yeah. about. So already I've heard from some people about your the, the first interview we did about basically your motivation for everything that, that drove you to start M2H and mm-hmm. uh, M2H Charity and uh, you know the nonprofit and getting into writing and wanting to give back to not just cancer treatment centers, but to Oxford houses and other, I'm sure in the future, uh, drug and alcohol rehab. Yeah. Uh, from your from your testimony, your past, do this as we start today. Just give a, a, a brief synopsis, if you will, of your um, kind of your recovery. You know, oh, not sure. not the whole long right. backstory, but just your, your general overview. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I, I'll, I'll I'll say this: my recovery. Um, probably started when I was 15 when I took a when I really started mm-hmm. uh, drinking alcoholically mm-hmm. uh, my mom had passed away when I was 14 um, she was the rock she was just everything in our family I mean yeah. literally the glue that held it together mm-hmm. um, and I just had a very absent absentee dad um, to say the emotionally disconnected and um, very um, dependent on things outside of God or, or, or himself or dependent on others. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, um, my mom passed away um, almost a year to the date of her cancer diagnosis. Um, and when that happened, um, that happened at age 14. Uh, by age 15, I was drinking alcoholically. Of course. Um, yeah. So from 15 mm-hmm. to 30, I, I mean, I just lived for where the next party is you know i had some things that i, I was i was wander I, yeah. I was a drifter medicating um, that pain yeah a feeling as you said before orphaned yeah like literally you had, you were alone yeah i was i was in full mm-hmm. fear um and i had set out during those years it, it, it's like nobody told me because we, we i think we talk a lot about like you know that that message that was spoken to you that took root yeah right and no one really told me 
hey, you're alone, kid. No, that was my own interpretation sure. that I spoke into myself mm -hmm. when my mom died was, bud, you're alone and you're on your own. And so from 15, you know, on and, until I've recently dealt with a lot of it, um, that was my MO is, mm -hmm. is you're alone. It was that abandoned orphaned syndrome that says you're alone nobody out there that cares and my response to that was oh yeah bring it on yeah bring it on me against the world, me versus world and yeah. i got it i'm gonna conquer and i set out from age 15 to prove my value my worth to the world around me that i was someone and that i was a a conqueror a warrior and all those things yeah and just to fast forward even though you went through sobriety through you know aa and celebrate recovery and so mm -hmm. you're in the recovery program and sober from alcohol right it wasn't until then just a few years yeah. uh, 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 now recent yeah. that God revealed to you these things that you still had not dealt oh. with, even though you mm -hmm. dealt with the alcohol addiction, yeah. the pain medication mm -hmm. for all that, mm -hmm. you hadn't dealt with some of the root, some of yes. the root core lies that you had still believed about yourself. Absolutely, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. So it was 2013 um, that I finally got that gift to where I was able to look at myself and I saw that, that I was uh, just, I was, um, I looked at myself and I was like, and I could just, I had that intuitive moment to where alcohol had stole my soul. And I was able to see myself in the mirror and notice that. And that's when I entered into to a recovery program. And, um, and in that recovery program, um, through the, the work of going through 12 steps, um, through really starting to look at my beliefs and everything about God and start to reestablish some core ones, not what was told to me by organized religious, religion stuff, um, on mm -hmm. do's, don'ts, cause, effect mm -hmm. kind of stuff, um, is when I started to really see that there was um, a, a, a God within yeah. that would do things for me as long as I would participate and cooperate in a spirit of honest, open-minded and willing and I did that and God removed, completely removed um, the desire to even want to drink alcohol, to want to use drugs. It just disappeared. And, and that's God doing for us what, what, what we cannot do for ourselves. Right. Um, but eight years into recovery, there was still some things that, I, it, you know, I was, I, I guess we're still settled in the unconscious. So, and I want to say that, that again, so up. I was struggling to say, because I, I almost said, you know, then a few years later, but it yeah. was, no, it was eight years, eight years after or into sobriety yeah. and recovery that you realized I still have these deep-seated issues that yeah. I hadn't dealt with. Well, actually, mm -hmm. it was about six years when I started to see it see and it. discover mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. started to, it started to rise to the surface, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and from, you know, six years to eight years in recovery is when I had to go through that time of really wrestling with it and dealing with it, coming to accept it, coming to the place um, where I can literally say, okay, I got to give this up too. So 
many times we use drugs or alcohol to medicate these deep-seated, the, the lies mm-hmm. we believe, the pain the, you know, of losing and feeling orphaned. But, okay, so you're not using drugs or alcohol anymore, but you were medicating. You were using another variety of ways to cope in your life, and you were seeing the negative results of that. 100%. Right? And so God basically got your attention and said, yeah. God— you're still not healed, yeah, oh. even though you're not doing this, this, and this. Right. And, and it's what we all go through multiple times in a life. Yes. I think this is the pattern of yeah. death and resurrection, by the way, yeah. that the Bible speaks of. I absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely agree. And, and, and the way, one of the things that I had started to realize in years six and seven of my recovery is that of how much I was so dependent still on things outside of God. There you go. Relationship. Yes. Money, social status, Um, because all all those things, right, if I had all those things, then people would see me and say, it was a a way that that, that I could almost demand love from others. Like if I had social status, if I had money, if I had a you know, a, a good relationship, right? right? All those things would say, okay, hey, look at me. Um, my life is wonderful. Yeah. And, and I couldn't sustain it. I yeah, couldn't because... It is not sustainable. No. Because you were dependent on all those things and not God. 100%. So and if you it, say, it, are, you, are it, you alcohol dependent? No. Drug dependent? No. But I'm relationship dependent. Yeah. Income dependent, status yeah. dependent. Yes. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah. So with all that, one of the things that that, that I came to realize was um, because of that dependence, it manifests itself in a neediness mm-hmm. and a demand that, that that I placed on others without even realizing it. Right, and it was like it, it was in two. In, in people can see and see. There's there's not a good energy here because it's it, desperation. Yes, if you're my source, I've got to have you. Exactly. Yeah, and I be there's not I, an I, infinite source. There's a finite source, and I've got to have most of it. Yes, if not all of it. <laughs> yes, and I was needy for that. Yeah, but yet incapable of knowing how to handle it in a mm-hmm. healthy manner. Right. Um. And, and after. You know, in year six and seven, that became very, very evident. And I'll tell you what, that was even harder to deal with. Um, it took me a while to be able to look at myself and say, accept the fact that, that, that hey, you, you were orphaned. Yeah. So great, great recap. And what I'll do here is tell all of our listeners to go back and, and grab part one with yeah. Todd Gordon uh, that was released a few weeks ago. So go find that because you did a great job at articulating really everything leading up to the setting up of M2H yeah. and, and the testimony and what God did. And I yeah. love, you know, the story of being at the high school and being starving yeah. and, you know, after the basketball game, that you got to go listen to that. Yeah. Um, and that too, yeah. that was part of how God was starting to show me. Yeah things that I needed to deal with. Absolutely. So and when, so when the student is ready, the teacher appears. <laughs> great. I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 here we are. I'm now M2H. I'm going to do this ride come hell or high water, man. Mm-hmm. Like it, everything's against it, but I'm doing this ride. Yeah. And so you were going to set out on a to raise money for the Oxford Houses of Florida yeah. on a 1200 mile ride around Florida. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I want to hear about this. I mean, yeah, you did it. I did. I did. Come do rain it. or shine, COVID, pandemic or not, yeah. I'm writing, right? And <laughs> yeah. so uh, I want, I mean, we're all interested, you know, who does this, right? right. Not many people could say, I got on a bicycle and took how many days? Um, so the ride itself was 1180 miles. Okay. Um, it took 14 days. Um, actually Can't you round up those extra 20, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to start doing loops for the extra yeah, 20, there you but, go. Yeah, yeah. um, but the, the 1200 was also incorporated because four days before that, four days prior to me starting the ride, I did a half Ironman 70.3 race, which is a one, <laughs> one point two mile swim, fifty six mile bike, and then a half marathon. So I just did a half that. Ironman to warm up for my twelve hundred mile ride yeah. around the peninsula. So the of two Florida. together became what we called the M2H Endurance Challenge twelve hundred. So I, I, you know, what I, I've always wondered this from long distance runners, people who are doing long races, long rides. <clears throat> The, there's the physical, you know, the nutrition and the training and the, all that, but there's the mental, like you're on this, in the saddle riding for hours for 11 days, mm -hmm. 14, uh, 14 days, mm -hmm. yeah, 14 days yeah. in the saddle riding. And so I want to hear some of the stories, man, your mindset, you know, the beginning, the middle, yeah. the end, kind of, kind of take us through the story, the arc, if you will, yeah. as you, as you went through the ride. Yeah. So um, I, I was motivated by one thing. A, I had it, it, the the purpose was greater than me, mm -hmm. and I knew it. Um, so your why? You had your yeah, why in front I, of you. Yeah, you had my to. why mm -hmm. was was just completely. I needed to honor my brother, mm -hmm. um, who had passed away from an esophageal hemorrhage, directly related to alcoholism. He was a resident of Florida. There you go. I had started the charity, and I wanted to to use it as a source to give to men and women in recovery so they can see that life is so much greater than m m what we think. Um, and what is a, a website, just while we're here, paperclip yeah. for Oxford Houses, where people can go and look at the... the Vacancies. Well, just the ministry, just the whole thing with yeah. Yeah, the website to find out information about the Oxford Houses. Yeah, oxfordhouse.org. Okay, oxfordhouse.org. Um, I, I believe is it. And then mm -hmm. from there, each state is broken down into a state association Okay. Um, in, in, the, in the way they operate. Um, and then they have ch different chapters within chapters. that state, and, and they all kind of... G gel gel together. I got the privilege of being on several Zoom calls as we were, you know, getting ready for as you were getting ready to do the ride, and we were in the fundraising yeah. you know, aspects. But man, hearing from the staff of Oxford Houses, the people running this thing, they're just. I mean, literal hearts of gold. Yeah. Most of them yeah. recipients of the blessing and the grace mm -hmm. and the life-saving uh, recovery yeah. from the Oxford Houses. Yeah. And, and that's why we chose the Oxford House as, as the beneficiary, because the work that they do rivals none when yeah. it comes to just the way that their their model is and, and the way that they really offer practical recovery simultaneously with learning how to practically live yeah. um, and deal with conflict and resolution and deal yeah. with financial matters and deal with so much other of life that a lot of times people in recovery don't know about or or yeah. haven't really addressed in their lives. Yeah. So so they just do a wonderful job and they're a very worthy 
beneficiary. Um, so, so you had not only you had your why because there's Scotty yeah, right yeah, there, brother Scott. But, but you're human, yeah. and so and so many times, you know, when I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to a trip, looking forward to a vacation, looking forward to a concert, a lot of times the anticipation is way better than the thing. Right? You get there and you're like, oh wait. So I want you're human. I want to hear oh, yeah. when you're on that bike. You know, hey, did you see any alligators? Right? Did you did you ever think? Why the heck did I ever do this? Did you, you know, physically? Did your body just say start screaming at you like, "Come on, dude"? We did you ever think about like maybe quitting during the ride? I want to hear all of those things, yeah. right? Yeah. As you as because you had to go through the gamut of, of emotions, oh, yeah. right? That started day one. Day one. <laughs> <laughs> that started day one. Day one. So um, I, I had literally done so much work to um, break out that ride and mm-hmm. segment it, so I knew what the course was going to be day one, where I started my destination, where I was going to camp that night. And I broke out the whole ride like that. And day one was actually, I picked day one to be my longest segment, which was 111 miles. Um, I was going from, from Panama City Beach to Tallahassee, which here's what I, there's a lot I didn't know because I don't know Florida. So I set out and left Panama City Beach um, to head to Tallahassee. And um, I was riding pretty much due east, Okay, right? My idea and my thought was Florida is flat. I'll have a nice, enjoyable ride. can stop when I want to, if I need to, to refuel. My brother, well, I'll have checkpoints where he'll meet me just so I could refuel. This is going to be just a fun day. And just for day anybody who, hang on, just real quick, who may be confused, he wasn't riding a motorized bike. When he yeah. says refuel, he doesn't mean his bike. Yeah. <laughs> he means his body. So yes. go ahead. <laughs> yes, it means water and nutrition in my water bottles. Yes. Just wanted to make sure everyone understood. <laughs> yeah, so I was pedaling. Um, mm-hmm. But so so I'm going due east, and and I had the, the course that, that I had downloaded onto my navigational GPS on my bike was 111 miles. Um, I went off course like two or three times. It wound up being 125 miles. And what I didn't realize- <laughs> Dang, you know, Siri. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking Florida Turn is really, left. really flat. <laughs> Rerouting, sorry. That's so it's right. not really flat. <laughs> no, well, it is flat. Oh, okay. However, that wind blows due out of the east. So I was going directly, directly into a into headwind. It was about 20, 25 mile an hour winds that day. Um, and I was looking down and I'm nor, nor used to doing a normal speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going way slower and having to work way harder. Um, and as I was going through it, I was literally, <laughs> I was trying to be Jesus on the boat. <laughs> like, okay, calm this wind. Still? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. just didn't happen. I was like, all right, I see. Um, but I, I finished that one. ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did finish the ride, but it was way, it was like three hours later. Um, I wound up arriving in Tallahassee and it was dark. And Of course. See, and, and I, I can imagine you there. said, you know, I didn't really know Florida that well. Yeah. I mean. Hey, who does? I mean, even if you're, but I was thinking, even if I know, like I've grown up in the Metroplex my entire life, yeah. but I've never seen it through the eyes of riding a bike. Yeah. So if I start thinking about getting on a bike, there's a lot of things that would dawn on me during the ride. Yeah. Like, oh, crud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So there were a lot of those things. And then you're oh, yeah. camping at night, right? Not yeah. staying in, in, Cushy hotels, no, right? No. Okay. So, yes. So that first day one, riding against that wind and just grinding against mm-hmm. that wind mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. 
seven hours in the saddle that day, mm -hmm. um, 125 miles, there was many a time where I looked at it and I was like, okay, what am I doing and why? <laughs> like, really? But on day one. On day one. Um, so the mental battle started. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you ever think, you know, if I was if I was going to throw in the towel, now would be the time to do it? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, yeah that yeah. thought happened on day one and day six. Okay. Day one and day okay, six. Okay, so tell me, that's interesting. So tell me two through five, kind of yeah. you settled in and you thought, okay, got yeah. a rhythm, the rides weren't as long. Yeah. And maybe I the wind had died down. <laughs> I, and I changed direction. So <laughs> go. going, I, I, so starting from Panama City Beach to Tallahassee, I was going east right across that panhandle there. Um, and then once I got to Tallahassee, then I changed direction to go south. Go south. Mm -hmm. And my ride segments were a little bit shorter. So I didn't, I wasn't going 125 miles. I was going 80. Um, so it was a little bit shorter. And oh, I'll tell you what, eight, 80, miles was, 80, <laughs> 80 miles was like, oh, okay, we can that's do that. Well, way to calibrate you your brain on that first ride yeah. to, to make that seem like it was nothing. But yeah. still, I'm thinking, well, I think of the longest ride I ever did. We did a tour to Denton one time from Argyle at yeah. Cross Embers. I think it was 50 miles to Denton and back. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that's the last time I ever ride 50 yeah. miles. <laughs> So anyway, it's that's that's insane. So so two through five, you settled in. So day yeah. six, what happened on day six? Yeah. So uh, I, I started making my way down the coast, getting camp uh, camping at night. There were a couple nights uh, as I was going down the coast. Um, so uh, that I met up with folks from the Oxford House where they had a house, and they invited me to 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 stay overnight. So there was a couple of nights where I got a bed and and not a, a, a not a cot. air mattress. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so that was awesome, and their hospitality mm -hmm. was fantastic. So I made it from I think it took me three days or so to make it from Tallahassee down to Tampa. Okay. I made it down to Tampa. It's a little bit smooth ride. And the other thing I didn't know about Florida was up in that northeast section of Florida is very agricultural. Okay. Who would have thought? Hmm. Very wide open, very... Hmm. So, you know, there was... It was like riding... Almost like I, I did not realize that Florida had rural places yeah. you're and picturing disney world yeah. or old people in straw hats uh, yeah, drinking, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> playing and, golf. and beaches right and and i'm looking exactly. i was like man they're cutting down cedar timber and there's trucks kind of i was like wow this is pretty mm. cool um but the other thing i found out is when you're riding through rural florida um people who own dogs don't really find it necess necessary to, <laughs> to keep them in the a yard and put them on a leash. So I did get chased by a few dogs. Wow. Um, that, and dude, that, there's an adrenaline dump. <laughs> it's like, oh. I could have used that. <laughs> Woo, you have no idea. Um, yeah. so, but anyway, I made it down to Tampa and then uh, from Tampa going south, I made it, there was some beautiful rides once I got along that, that, that west coast uh, going through mm -hmm. um, Venice, Venice Beach and then going through Sarasota. And it, there was a lot of really beautiful areas where, I, and again, I had started to settle in, but I made it down to Marco Island. Okay. Oh, wow. And mm -hmm. Marco Island, we set up camp. Uh, the next day I was going due east again, again to get from Marco Island mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right across Tamiami Trail uh, to, uh, to through Miami. Um, so that was a ride um, that was the, 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 we didn't get any sleep the night before. Um, so night before we set up temp, uh, set up camp, camp and um, 
the the camp ranger in his in the state park where we were at came in and he's like hey guys you make sure you move all your trash there's been bear sightings and i'm like dude we're in florida what are you talking about bear like <laughs> alligators you mean yeah. he's like no there's been bear sightings so we just want to make sure that we don't give them anything to come out they they and i was thinking ah, yeah no whatever way. 11 o'clock at night within a I, like i could have spit on this bear right in our campground sniffing through the trash next the, the trash for food mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i took off like like i ran to the car i had no idea what to do but i was scared i was scared <laughs> i'd never seen a live bear before. so you haven't heard the don't run from a bear <laughs> <laughs> no you apparently see? my brother has because my, my brother came running toward it banging two spatulas okay. and i'm like he knew like what, what are, are you doing you? yeah and and that bear took right off and you know and then, you didn't have to outrun the bear right you just had to outrun your brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I had no problem doing at that time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So 20 minutes later, I'm starting to, you know, like I'm up and alert. And 20 minutes later, the bear comes out on the other side. And so needless to say, I didn't get much sleep that night. Um, oh my gosh. The next day, um, I had to do um, 80, I think it was 86 miles. Mm. Or, no, no, I'm sorry. It was 92 miles that day. And 75 of it was on one straight road, Tamiami Trail, right through the swamps. And it was due east. And headwind. it was mm -hmm. nothing out there. And it was headwind the, 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 the whole way. And it was like, it, 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 talk about the mental. Like I, I'm down in my arrow position and I'm riding and I'm looking about 20 feet ahead of me just to make sure that there's no potholes or anything that could mm -hmm. crash me. And every once in a while you look up and like i literally started singing red rum red rum like from the movie <laughs> from the shiny like i'm like literally speaking this out loud because the mind is just like gone and so I'm, all work no play yeah. Jack and old boy. <laughs> you're just going nuts. i'm like oh my god i'm being I'm is that going crazy here. mirage up there <laughs> yeah. in the distance because that hey. like all i saw was this road that just mm, never, never ended did. and i'm singing songs in my head and i'm trying to do everything <laughs> dead against the wind again um dead alligators on the road never saw yeah. a live alligator okay. but i saw plenty of dead alligators on the road and all right we made it there. Did you and then, new shoes out of the deal? Uh-huh. No. He, no, no, no. Briefcase? Shoes, wallet? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, you I left them alone. We, we didn't have any room. There was no room to, to carry them. Oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, we, we made it across, and then, then we were going to start making the trek back north to St. Augustine. And um, wow. the next day was a fun ride because we had to run through Miami. And I was literally riding my bike through downtown Miami, which really kind of required one part. Um, just, I, it, pardon me. It was <laughs> it, it was one part brain dead mm -hmm. with one part completely aggressive. Okay, um, and okay. that's how I made it through Miami because wow. you're you're in downtown traffic now. So like I literally just said, okay, I'm a car, and I got right in the middle of the lane. If I was going to do that though, then I had to keep up with the cars in front of me. So I got really, really aggressive going through, and it worked. It, wow. it, it definitely Ooh. worked because they don't go too fast. Right, right. Um, so I was able to keep up with them. And and I think I got a little respect from the people around me. They were like, okay, <laughs> we'll lay off and let him have his space. So after day six, you know, you talked about day one, day six, did it ever hit you again in the 14 days where you that thought- That 75 mile ride, mm -hmm. it started to, um, and, but it, it hit me again um, day 
So the total ride was 16 days because I did take two days rest. Okay. Um, it, it was day 14. When so I was, when now I was you're, approaching the finish you're line. You're near the finish. Yeah. 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 Day 14. Um, so I, I came up the, 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 the coast and did my segments. And that was absolutely fantastic riding because now I had a little bit of a tailwind. So I was cruising really, really well. Went through some rain, picked up a couple of other riders, mm -hmm. uh, friends of mine yeah. that decided to ride with me. But then I made it all the way up toward the Daytona area. And it was like, I think around day 14, I had two days left. And I and then I started to realize, it's like, wow, finish line's right here. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna do it. And I was expecting to feel some type of jubilation, some type of accomplishment. I did it, some excitement. Of course, like euphoria. Yeah. Here I am, finish line, it's done. Nothing, nothing. So I was very surprised when I asked you, and you were talking about day 14, but on day 16, when you passed the finish line, yeah, it's not just in your sights, like you're done. done. And I said, Todd, tell me how that felt. And you started describing this nothing, yeah. empty, numb. Yeah. And so this was, this was a shock to me, and it was very surprising. So we started kind of unpacking that, right? Yeah. So talk about that and then what you've, I guess, discovered about that since. Yeah. Um, so there was a couple things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I got across the finish line. I, I stood there, and I was just like, okay, I did it. But there was really no – it was completely emotionless. Mm -hmm. um, and – I think there was two parts to there's a, there's a couple parts to that, um, and and I, and I shouldn't say that I totally felt emotionless the whole time, because there was some times like when I pulled over the finish line, my brother from New Jersey, um, so I had both of my yeah. brothers that I hadn't yeah. seen in a couple of years, mm -hmm. their wives were there, there was a huge contingent of the Oxford House, um, all at this place called the Rain Tree Restaurant where my brother worked and those owners graciously set us up and. You know, they made a big banner for me, and mm -hmm. it, it was it was glorious in, in that way. So I, I got to feel that emotion. Um, but what I realized is, it was like it was over. It was done. Like I had put so much work and so much effort into putting it all together. That's where the prize was, and that's what I realized. The prize was not in the finish line. The prize was in the journey of putting all that together for a specific purpose. And it was like God was showing me, so you did, you did what we set out to do. And we wound up raising almost $21,000 for the Oxford House of Florida, $21,000. Man, congratulations, yeah. dude. And, and, and job well done. Yeah. And again, God bless you, Oxford House. Yeah. You, yeah. So but part of that, yeah. if, if, if you don't mind, no. was the fact that when I got done, I didn't know what else to look forward to. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. What's like what next? Now? It's like, it was almost like... You had been hyper-focused on that goal. Yes. The goal's now, now what? Yeah. Life was on hold for two years in the planning and preparation of, of doing that and the training and, and, and everything. So is when it got done, it was like, I don't know what's next. So, so there's, so part of me then wonders, do you, do you look at that and go, okay, whoa. So it's not this charity that I started, this nonprofit. It's not about an event. It's about so much more, but 
it hadn't really taken shape, and it's not there yet. It's yeah. thing that's still in the vision stage. So really, M2H was about the Scotty Gorch ride for recovery, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In the Oxford House, and this this ride, this yeah. this half marathon, uh, half triathlon, and and then the race. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine that's that's kind of normal, right? Yeah. So so one thing I want to highlight again, just for those who are you know are already made this connection. Basically, you're saying it, it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. Yeah. And so when I'm when I miss that, like I, I can't tell you how many literally vacations where it's about we got to get there. Yeah. It's about like I'm breaking some speed record. We got to make good time. Like why? Okay, so now we're there. Okay, you made good time, dude. So you made a, a an hour and a half faster than you could have. Yeah. But Jamie is about let's enjoy the journey. Yeah. Let's. The how about we enjoy the, the journey? The yeah. journey is, is is all of it, dude. Yeah. It really is the thing. And so if we're not careful, I just want to reiterate, man, we'll miss yeah. literally the joy of the journey because it's it's about the destination. And okay, good for you about destinations and goals. But many times, when those are over, yeah, it's like. And what now? Yeah. And the thing about that too, Brian, is remember how I told you I was dependent? Mm. I was mm. dependent on things outside. Job, I was dependent on income, relationships, status, jobs, relationship. status, um, social status, all of that. Um, when I got to the end of that ride and I felt nothing, to me, it was like, when I really got the opportunity a few days later to process through that, it was like, I want it, if I were being honest, I want it, I, I, I still had that tendency is I wanted people to see me. Wow, right? I kind of wanted the the parade, if you will, and the, and-, and Breaking and, through the tape, yeah, the banner yeah. at the end. Did you see what he did? Like, how great is that? And he's such a man, this and that. And, and so I kind of wanted those, accolades because remember that's what I'm dependent upon for my value mm. nothing and then I looked at it and I was like and it was after I got the process it was I was like you know what thank you God because my dependence was it was it was a breakthrough moment actually because then I was able to see that that um I did what I set out and God gave me the opportunity to see that all it, it was it was almost like God was telling me you you, you you did what I set out to do yeah. that's enough that's enough yeah. right and to be able to to finally process through that and be accepting of it was part of my own journey of healing mm-hmm. the orphan and abandoned spirit because now it was like okay I don't need or want those accolades that all of that right i i just i i did it and it's okay if you know the 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 parade's not there and not everyone notices and not everyone even knows what the heck you did mm. it's okay because there's a certain few that are going to be the beneficiaries of the money raised to the oxford house and you know what I'll ne- i may never meet them yeah i may never meet them and that they was the not- part that mm. i was like <laughs> wow I could give those results to God and be quiet in my soul and knowing you may never be the reci- the recipient of their looking you in the eye and saying thank you. Yeah. But the why there, right. but the why is still there. Right. I always picture that carrot that's dangled in front of you. It was Scotty, and now it's them, and it's like that's enough for me. Right. I'm going to do my thing and don't need their thank you. Right. Because 
remember, I was completely dependent upon that accolade. Mm -hmm. Anything I ever did in life was to prove myself. And in order for me to prove myself, you had to see what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I'd lived my life for that for years, right? I so at the end this, of this ride, mm -hmm. when that didn't happen, it was like, oh, it was like one of those um, markers, mm -hmm. if you will, like where, where, where God puts little markers along your, your life to say, this was a defining moment. A book a I read years moment. ago, defining moment. Yeah. yeah. So a book I read years ago, it's Integrity, uh, colon, the subtitle, Who You Are When No One's Looking, yeah. right? And I think about Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus goes overboard, like making analogy after analogy, point after point about how, you know, dude, be okay with doing what's done mm -hmm. in secret with yeah. no one knowing except your heavenly father. He says, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right yep. is doing. You know, when you're praying, pray in your closet, pray in yeah. secret. When you give, give, don't, don't announce it with trumpets, you know? Yeah. And so it's, but he, but he know it's human nature. Yeah. So what you struggled with is what we all struggle with. Mm -hmm. And how disappointing when we were putting all our eggs in that, our dependence yeah. quote, in that basket of other people's accolades. Yeah. And what happened, especially in today's world where, dude, that's old news. Give right. it 24 hours and there's something new for them to be, you know, captivated it's, by. It's so... <laughs> and we're left behind, right? Yeah. And it's so fleeting. Yes. It's so unsustainable. Yeah. And th that's the beauty about what I realized is that when I let God be the producer of the reward, yeah. Right. It's internal. It's yeah. it, it's sustainable. And so it lasts and, over a long period of time and it's peace. It's joy. It's me being just okay with where I am right now and who I am right now. I love it, That's Todd, and difference. I see it. And there's there's freedom that yeah. comes. You're not chasing that. And and what I was about to say, and it's hard. It, if we try to articulate what that feels like, it's really hard to because you just don't until you've done it. It's the people. Hey, Toby's you know yeah. challenged us for years to say, hey, go do something. And right. for someone else, and don't tell anybody about yeah. it. That's so hard to do. And many times, you know, I want to be there because I do want to watch their reaction, yeah. right? It's just like, <laughs> oh, so hard, uh, you know. But but boy, yeah. but when you, if you will, break that dependence upon getting that reward in that in the flesh, in the person, and right then and there, it's just this freedom that comes. And then what's motivating you behind the scenes yeah. is, is, is getting those, like you just said, the peace, that shalom that comes from yeah. knowing that God's, God sees, it's, right? It, it, it's it's, so it's a completely different perspective, on, and it's completely counterintuitive to everything that I ever thought new we're completely yeah. counterintuitive to anything that we see yeah. in the world if you will um but it's 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 it is like a spiritual principle spiritual law yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that when when you when, when you give without needing the accolades yeah. that the rewards go on forever and it's they the come one... in subtle easy ways that you don't yeah even, 
Yeah, not monetary many yeah. times. And it's no. the one that God says, test me in this. Yeah. You go check me out on this. Hey, Todd, thank you. So so if people, I really, really appreciate it, man, uh, you sharing your journey with us. And if people want to learn more about M2H or yeah. the Oxford House, so oxfordhouse.org, mm-hmm. and what about M2H Charities? So uh, my website is still up at m2hcharity.org. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of in a place right now where we're planning what our long-term mission is. Yep. Right. Um, so that website is still up. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. Uh, and so they can yeah. all, always contact me. Yeah. I can give them your information, yes. Todd Gordon. Yeah. So, uh, man, to be continued, right? Yeah. The story is still being written. There's something it's, else is coming. It's not the destination. It's the journey, yep. baby. Something Let else is coming. the journey continue. <laughs> yep. Me and my car, you and your bike. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> all right, brother. So going to be you. stop signs in the middle of that because I got to keep kicking it up. <laughs> all right, brother. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, Brian. You bet. So I hope you've enjoyed our conversations. Remember to like, share, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And if you ever wanna talk to someone in the Healing Place, we're here for you. Please pick up the phone and call, email, or find us on crosstimberschurch.org, The Healing Place, or find us on our Facebook page, The Healing Place Group.